For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by NFL Draft Analyst Ryan Roberts, and we're finally diving into some position rankings. So now you can get a sense of how Ryan feels about the top of this 2022 class. The first position group we're going to be doing is running back. So folks, very exciting stuff here because there's so many highly draftable running backs in this class. Not really. Ryan, how are we doing today? You excited to talk about running backs? Yeah, man, I actually, I actually think it's one of the more underrated classes, to be honest. Like, I, I agree it's with you deep. in this sense. Yeah, well, the depth, that's what I was about to say. Like, it's not obviously not top-heavy. There's not multiple guys that you're going to draft in the first round, but I think there's plenty of guys that fit roles. I think there's maybe two to three at the top here that I feel comfortable saying could be heavy volume guys, and then after that we get the really mm-hmm. departmentalized type of um, – committee backs in some sense you know some guys i think are more true running backs and others are more guys that will you know affect the game in the passing game on third downs do all that type of stuff so i think it's a pretty good class to be honest and i'm just happy now we're nearing the end of the cycle joe and now we can just start figuring out what the uh what the pecking order is at each position so we're uh we're getting close man yeah it's the it's the fun part getting to to banter and argue with people who disagree if, if somebody was four and they should have been three or you know the the typical typical nonsense but it should be known ryan that nobody should draft the running back in the first round let's just start that show off by saying that <laughs> in, in most years i agree and less i mean next year might be a different story with like Bijan robinson coming out of texas but i i, I swear we said the same thing last year did we not i th- i'm pretty About sure who? About, about this class like we we said that like oh next year there's going to be some guys and i think it was like isaiah spiller and yeah. kyron and breeze hall, hall might sneak in man he might sneak in don't uh, doubt it well that's gonna we're gonna end up hitting on that and that's gonna be coming up before we get to that though ryan uh i need to tell our listeners about bet online i know that there's no football going on and this is a football show but there's a lot of action happening with college basketball and the nba but especially college basketball we're gonna know the tournament bracket very, very soon. And if you're going to bet and make things interesting, go to Bet Online. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Ryan, 
So we, we kind of hit on a, uh, some tidbits on this class already, but I, I like to open up and talk about each position group by giving an overarching view on the class. So you mentioned that depth. There's some guys that, that kind of fit into various roles. Is that just the general consensus with this group is that it is, it's deep, but not necessarily, there's not really any star power per se? I think that the class kind of mirrors last year's, to be honest, when I think when you think about it, because I think last year you had Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and you had Javonta Williams up top, right? And those were guys that I think most people viewed as they could be high volume dudes. Well, I think that we have two to three high volume dudes in this class, and there's a lot of departmentalized um, departmentalized weapons that I kind of mentioned in the open. So. I think that it is definitely a class where if you are going into this draft and you have it in your mind that you need to find a main ball carrier, you need to find a guy that is the running back one of a committee at worst or 1A of a committee approach, you need to get one of those top three backs. Because after that, there are some developmental guys that might reach that ceiling at some point, but I really do think that this class is more – the depth pieces, I believe, are – the pass game weapons, the Tyler Beatty's of the world. Like that's where I kind of see the strength of this class in numbers. But I think that there's three guys up top that we'll talk about that I think can be at least in a committee approach, be the top back per se. So I want to, you know, you're talking about how there's some developmental players and that lines up perfectly with the the first thing I want to hit on, which is who's the sleeper? Of the group. And you went with a guy coming from a big program that was terrible this last year. That being uh, Jashawn Corbin from Florida State. So he's not necessarily, a, I feel like, a well known name in this class, especially because the guy that's coming from one of their rivals, Damian Pierce, is being talked about a ton. But why did you pick Corbin as your sleeper? This was a tough one, man, because I think there's a few guys that qualify for this. Like I almost went Keontae Ingram out of USC, which I know is another another larger school kid, but I feel like they're kind of getting lost amongst the shuffle. And I think Corbin fits into that because Corbin's had a very interesting career. You know, he started at Texas A&M and he had a little bit of playing time early and then he had a uh, just a terrible leg injury. Like it, it was it was a dramatic, traumatic <laughs> injury there. And you kind of had he kind of fell off the face of the earth for a minute, right? Like mm. you didn't hear anything about him, and all of a sudden he surfaces at Florida State, and I think he played there at 2020 and didn't do a ton. But this year, I felt like he really kind of started getting that explosion back because this kid is a former track kid coming out of high school. There's juice here, man, and he's a 200 plus pound back. And the game that really stands out is the Notre Dame game where he broke one that was like 70, 80 yards. And you just saw that breakaway speed for a bigger back. So I think that he's a guy that where does he get drafted is a interesting question because he has the medical check. I don't know exactly how that went. And then he obviously was a guy that did not surface until the last this final year. So kind of a guy that came on the radar late. But I do think that in the right situation, this kid can play at the next level and can be a contributor at the next level. Not a high volume guy but maybe a Mike Davis type of running back with a little more juice. Like that's where I kind of see with a Jashawn Corbin. So he's getting lost amongst the shuffle because I think he, he declared, I believe as a redshirt junior. So I don't know if he was eligible for one of the bigger bowls yet. Obviously did not go to one of the bigger bowls. And I think he had an 
okay showing at the combine, or I can't even remember if he even tested, to be honest with you. But there's definitely juice on tape. There's 200-plus pounds. There is a background, obviously, with a little bit of a pedigree as a recruit, and then he was productive this final year at Florida State. So I think the best is yet to come for Ja'Shawn Corbin. It's just going to be very dependent on the situation that he falls into. Yeah, it's tough to, to recover from an injury, especially as a running back to come back and, and recover fully. You're talking about dealing with a gruesome injury. More often than not, those guys usually don't. But I think Corbin's an interesting name to, to, to keep track of, as you mentioned. Um, Ryan, if we're, if we're talking about a guy that's been overhyped, it feels like every single class, there's a different Alabama running back that comes out. And there's been really good results sure. lately. We've got uh, Derek Henry. We have Josh Jacobs. But recently, it hasn't really been that great. And we're doing the same bit again where – oh, look, an Alabama running back who put up a lot of yards. This guy must be fantastic. And right now, this year's guy that fits that is Brian Robinson Jr., who was a senior bowl participant who, frankly, I didn't think did that well, but some people were were buzzing him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he got voted as the running back of the week or whatever on his side of the, of the, game, of the team practices. So he's an interesting one, man, because like you said, Alabama has produced guys – like Najee Harris, like Derrick Henry, like Mark Ingram, even working back a little mm. further. I mean, technically, they also had Alvin Kamara at one point. I was just point, about to right? say, yeah. Kenyon Drake. counts. <laughs> yeah. Kenyon Drake, Damian Harris has done some good stuff for New England. So they have had a really TJ nice Yeldon. TJ Yeldon. Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll throw you did some in, stuff at one point, and he was a yeah, second yeah. round pick. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so they obviously have had a pretty good track record of developing running backs. And I think that's kind of led to them overhyping this one Brian Robinson Jr. a little bit too much, man. Cause like I all right, let's, let's start here. Let's start here. It took him a while to really find his niche in the offense. And again, he's behind some good running backs, right? Like he's behind like guys like Najee Harris. So okay. Makes sense that you weren't the main ball carrier to your final year. I personally just don't see a ton of juice. I don't. I, I think that he's a one speed runner, a one gear runner, which is fine. Because he does have power, and if you told me that he developed into a serviceable backup runner who had some goal line ability and short yardage ability, I would say, like, cool, I get that. That's that's fine. But there are some people that are hyping this guy up to being that sleeper, right? Oh, maybe he could sneak into the third round. Maybe he's the mid-round gem this year because uh, everyone's trying to find that guy now because nobody wants to spend a first-round pick on a running back if they don't have to or a top 100 pick for that matter. So I think there's just a little bit of an overhyped thing going with Brian Robinson. And then he tested Joe really weird, really weird. Because I expected mm-hmm. I expected the short area explosive stuff to be a little better than long speed. He ends up running like 4.53 in the 40, which is a pretty good time for his size. Like it's a good time. But he only has a 30-inch vert, and I think he had Ew. less than a 10-foot broad. And I'm just Ew. like, That's, yeah, it, it was not it was not pretty, man, from an explosive standpoint, but he had long speed. It was just really odd because I thought it was going to be the complete opposite. I was like mid-30, vertical guy, 10-something broad jump guy, and then going to run like 4.65. Like that was kind of like in my in my mind. And then he went reverse. So I, I just don't think that there's a ton from a dynamic ability. I don't think that he's a great in the passing game. I think he's a good pass blocker, but I don't think he's going to catch the ball much. So he's an early down runner at best, and I, I just don't see anything about him that I think is going to make a team go, that's our guy on first and second down. Like That's our early down volume getter. So 
I think that the third, the fourth, the fifth round talk in that ballpark is a little too much. If you told me that he was getting drafted in sixth and seventh, sixth or seventh round, can give you some special teams value, and then he could be a you know a, a third string type of running back, a guy that's kind of the depth piece, then I'd be all in. But I just think Brian Robinson Jr. is just getting way too much hype right now. Yeah, every cycle, like I already said, every cycle there is going to be an Alabama running back that comes out, and then everybody is going to hype them up. Who who the hell is even next in line that we can do this? this bit again next year. Trey Sanders, Jason McClellan is also there. So we're going to do this oh, with Trey I'm an Sanders. Idiot. I'm an idiot. No, 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 no. Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a, he's a dude, so we'll be talking nice about but him. We're going to do this with Trey Sanders. I'm Gibbs, I bet, is going to have a really good year, and he's probably going to fit into the top of the class because he's yeah. fantastic. Electric. You know, yeah. I think he was, at one point before Caleb Williams came out, he was like the number one transfer portal target. Dude, he's he's like, and I'm not saying he's quite as fast, but like that kid's like Jamal Charles reincarnate, dude. Ooh, he is. Don't geez. even don't even tease our listeners like that, Ryan. He's he's, <laughs> he's bursty, man. Like he can he puts his foot in the ground, and he gets vertical, and he's got a little shake, and he can catch the football. Jameer gives a good football player, man. I'm looking forward Ooh. to talking about him next year. Okay, well, maybe we won't have that overhyped guy, but I still think Trey Sanders is going to end up being overhyped. I'm, I'm, it's bound to happen. Uh, leave, leave Trey alone, man. I actually met Trey when he, was in, when he was in high school at IMG Academy. We went we went down there to cover the media day, and he was in the same class with like Evan Neal and Nolan Smith uh-huh. and those dudes. And he was a nice kid, man. He was, dude, he was like at that point, he was like a top 10 recruit, number one yeah. running back in the I class. I remember him coming out. Yeah, he was a dude. All right. So speaking of coming out, we've got our top five running backs. We're going to go in reverse order one by one. And I'm going to lead in each one, Ryan. The first one you have, and I think that fits perfectly with with what you do with your rankings, where the you know the fifth guy is somebody that I feel like not a lot of people have in their top five running backs. But the argument that you're going to make is is going to make a ton of sense. So you at five go with Devonte Price, who did appear on the show, and we do have an interview. If you want to go check that out, it is in our playlist that features our interviews. I think it was one of our top most viewed interviews that we have but price is a you know tall long running back tested really really well i feel like there was a little buzz coming from him uh at the senior bowl i got to see him in person walking through the the convention center man he is tall as hell for a running back so what why did you go with price at five in your running back rankings which is i feel like not a typical pick I really liked Price going back to the summer, man. Coming off of that abbreviated 2020 season, the kid just had a phenomenal season, and he really did show a lot of big playability. He's a bigger back, and he actually came in, Joe. It was weird. In the summer, he was verified by Blesto at six foot two, 225 pounds. He's a bigger Massive. back, right? Yeah, huge. And he has an up and down season because Florida Atlantic this past, or sorry, Florida Terrible. International this past year was awful like one of the worst teams in the fc fbs like it was just really bad football man a lot of fcs teams could have beaten them this year like they were just bad 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 um so he didn't have the best year of his of his career obviously after his standout junior campaign or actually it was a senior campaign and then he used the extra year whatever you you know how that stuff works now it's it's really annoying but then he goes to the senior bowl and he's like 200 pounds like he lost a ton of weight and it was weird. He, lo- he looked really lean when i saw him yeah he, so he lost a bunch of weight i guess it was assuming that you know he wanted to show his his worth as a pass 
receiver and getting at, running running routes and getting out of breaks and all that type of stuff. I'm assuming because then I think he went to the to the combine. I think he was back up to like 210 somewhere in that ballpark. So his weight fluctuated for whatever reason. But the kid's a bigger back, and then he went to the combine. He ran four three eight, right? So like, there's mm-hmm. a little more get up and go. Juice. Yeah, there's a little more juice than you might anticipate for a bigger back. And I think that there is power. There is a little bit of shiftiness, and there is home run speed for a bigger back. And I think he's solid enough in all the other areas where he can be a lead ball carrier. Now, I don't know if he'll be a main volume getter because I don't know if his passing game prowess is ever going to be to the standard where you're going to say, I'm also going to have him catch 40, 50 passes a year. But I do think that he could be a 150 uh, touch type of back, maybe 200 touch type of player. Because I think that he does have that early down ability. And I think he has some dynamic ability to him as well. So I could see him. I imagine him actually going a little higher than people might think. Like third or fourth round I think is possible. But if he, if he slips somewhere into mid-day three, then this could be the James Robinson, right? The, 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 the Elijah Mitchell of this year. This could be the guy. Because I think that he has that type of athletic prowess. Like he's a good athlete. He's not just a big back. Mm-hmm. He is. He's got some things working for him outside of the size he has as well. So up next at four is is somebody who I, I think a lot of people are discounting after a pretty weak combine performance, especially him him running in the four sixes. At one point leading into this year, there was a, a lot of buzz of him maybe being one of the top running backs in like the top two or three, especially because of what he does as a pass blocker. Kyron, Kyron Williams from Notre Dame is your number four running back. Why is he slotted where he is? And did, did he fall at all after the seeing him at the combine? I, I did push him back one spot. I did. I didn't want to make a huge overreaction because I mean, quite honestly, man, his film's so good. It's really good film. And he has an incredible baseline. As you said, he's the best pass blocker in this draft. And he's a dynamic receiver. He came out of the St. Louis area. And he actually played a lot of wide receiver when he was in high school as well. And I think that translates. Like You could see that, that comfort catching the football. You could see him comfort catching routes. He can do all those things where you can at least say he is James White type of dude on third down. Like He can do that type of stuff. But I still think that there's more to him than just that. I don't think that we should paint him as just a guy that is purely a pass-receiving threat. Because, I mean, on Phil, man, he is one of the more violent runners in this class. Great patience, always finishes forward, and he is just a dog. He brings that mentality to how he runs the football. Now, he's small. He's only going to be about 195, 200, maybe 205 when he you know, eventually gets to that to that to the uh, to the weight training facilities and uh, on the NFL level, like maybe he can get to that spot, but he's never going to be a huge back. But I think there are, so there are some limitations from a high volume perspective, just because he's a little bit of a smaller back and he did not test. Well, you're going to have to get past that testing though, because I'm telling you right now, man, the tape is good. It's good tape. I think people are going to lose sight of the fact that the tape is the, the thing that matters most. And when we're talking about just straight out tape, Kyron Williams is up there with anybody, man, because he does everything just so well. So I just would like to tell people, like, don't just shut the door on Kyron Williams just because of the testing. Go back to the tape. It's there, man. He's a really tough physical runner, good patience, catch the football, and blocks his ass off. Like, there is a huge baseline for him being a weapon on the next level. I truly believe that. Yeah, he's a really – 
he's going to be a tricky evaluation for a lot of people because of what you talked about. The, the tape makes a lot of sense. His impact is pretty clear. And when he was playing his best two years ago at Notre Dame, he was the reason why they, they made it as far as they did. It wasn't because of freaking Ian Book. Their defense certainly helped. Their offensive line certainly helped. But Kyron Williams had a lot of really big plays. But this past year, offensive line struggles. He struggles a little bit. Um, but we know that the impact is certainly there. And he's probably not going to do that at the next level. But we know that he can certainly be a, 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 a strong piece to an offense that's just looking for a, a good good running back. Yeah, no, I think so. And and I honestly, even though there were so much struggles with Notre Dame's offensive line this year, I think it actually helped him, man, because I think that it really did improve that patience. Like he had to really let blocks set up a little longer than he would do in 2020 because the offensive line with Liam Eikenberg and Robert Hainsey and all those dudes was just so much better. So I think that, that actually did help him a little bit. And again, like I just think that the film kind of speaks for itself. Like he's not obviously the fastest running back of all time. He's got those short steps, but 2020 against Clemson, bringing that 80-yard touchdown and that big upset win, he was fast enough then. This past year, he had a play, uh, I forget what what game it was against, but he had a stiff arm in the backfield, Mm -hmm. and he reversed field and went like 90-something yards or whatever it was. It's just like he was fast enough then. So game speed is different than time speed. Some guys just don't time time well. But anytime that you are a smaller back that also doesn't test well, you can't, there's a that's a little bit of uneasiness for a team to invest in, which I understand. But Kyron Williams is a good running back. I think he'll play a, a big big role in the next level. Doing a complete 180 to a completely different running back profile at number three, you have Texas A&M running back Isaiah Spiller, who is probably the big body thumping running back of the group didn't necessarily do as well as I think maybe we were hoping this year just because Texas A&M wasn't as good as as they usually were but still a, a, a seems like a staple in this class he's been steady over the last three years I think it was like 5.4 yards of carry 5.5 and 5.6 three straight years it was just like the 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 symbol of consistency right and I think that he is a kid that like you said, he's a shade over six foot, 217 pounds, physically put together type of back who's playing the SEC. I think that he has pretty good lateral quickness too. He's got quick feet. He's able to kind of change direction pretty well. But this kid's a one cut and go type of back. Like he wants to be downhill and he wants to be physical. Now, the reason that he's num- only number three on this list, because I think that he does have a lot of nice things as just a pure runner. The the issues are, and I think that his vision's a little oversold, to be honest, because I think I've seen a lot of people really applaud his vision, and I just I don't see the same vision as some people see. But uh, the reason that he's a little lower for me is he's not a dynamic player at all. I don't think he's fast. I think he's a four six kid, and it's it's fine because his style does not dictate that you need that type of speed. But even to Joe, like I think the only things he did was the jumps when he was in Indianapolis, and I think they were pretty subpar, dude. So like the explosiveness wasn't even really that great in my opinion on film and he is just a player where like I think he's solid in the passing game but I don't think he's plus so like no dynamic element I don't think he's the burstiest runner of all time and I don't think his passing game impact is going to be incredibly high so that's why I just think that he's a really good early down runner who's going to run with physicality and has a good nice ability to work you know his feet in the hole and make some guys miss on the second level so I do like Isaiah Spiller for that role but I think that some people that are rejecting him as a number one back, I just I don't understand how you can reject him as a number one back when I just don't mm-hmm. see the impact in other facets of the game. Like I just think that he's a very standard 
physical runner that's going to get downhill and is going to, you know, keep the chains moving. Right. But like, I don't think he's ever going to create a ton more for him outside of what is kind of in structure. So moving into the, the, the top two guys that you have in this class and maybe a little bit higher impact, your number two running back, Kenneth Walker from Michigan state transfer from wake forest. He is somebody who really burst onto the scene was getting a lot of Heisman buzz towards the end of the year, had a ton of huge games, and then he goes and tests really well at the Combine. What made you put Kenneth Walker at two, and what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I think that he is a kid where, I mean, he had great tape this year, right? And I think that when you're talking about who's the most natural runner in the class, it might be him because he has good vision, and he really works from the the first level to the second level really well. Like He kind of just sets things up for himself, and he has a good amount of bursts. He's got the speed, obviously. I don't quite think that the 4.38 is on film, but like he's a 4.4-something type, type of athlete, and I think that that's there with a guy like a Kenneth Walker. And honestly, another big thing is – that you know he was obviously carried the ball a ton this year for Michigan State, but there hasn't been a ton of tread on the tires outside of this year, which I think is a big thing for him. So Ken- Kenneth Walker the third, I think, is the number two running back in this class. Kenny Walker, I believe, is a undrafted <laughs> free agent. So let us please just put the standard here. This is Kenneth Walker. This is not Kenny Walker. Kenny Walker does not flow. Kenneth Walker. Well, I, I just feel like like you know Kenneth sounds like a. Sounds like a football player. Kenny is the least intimidating name for an athlete I've ever heard. I can't think of any any Kennys that are like Kenny. Kenny the Jet Smith basketball player? No, he's a basketball player. So Kenny already Moore? Un- Kenny Moore defensive nah. back. No, no. Uh, uh, one thing though, I, I want to say, Joe, not to not to go off on a, a different note here, but the one thing I just want to say. We always go off on different notes, but go ahead. I know we do. I know we do. <laughs> but I, one one quick note I wanted to put on Kenneth Walker, which is yeah. the reason that he's only number two. He's a bigger back, right? Like he's 211, 212. So like the size is fine. Everything I mentioned, really good instincts as a runner, good burst, change of direction. Everything is good there. Makes guys miss on the second level. He is does not have much volume as a pass receiver. We'll see if he can develop because sometimes it's just not what he was asked to do. So I'll cut him a little bit of slack there. But the biggest reason that he is only number two is because he is the one of the worst pass blockers I've ever seen. Uh, it's awful. There we go. It's awful. Like he, he early down runner, absolutely. But like you're not leaving this kid in in pass protection right now. You can't because it's just technically flawed. Like just isn't aggressive enough, and then also it's just like I don't know. It's just it's just not in his wheelhouse right now. So that I mean, if if he was a good pass blocker, a passable pass blocker, he might be number one, or at least he'd be like a one A one B conversation to the guy that I have at number one. But it's just I just don't, I think it's a little debilitating right now on pa- in pass protection. This guy is an early down runner only right now. So that must mean your number one running back is a good pass blocker. That man being Brees Hall, the Iowa State running back. And he, I think, deserves a lot of credit for Iowa State's success. It's it's not from, from Brock Purdy or, or any of those other guys. I mean, Matt Campbell's a fantastic head coach, but Brees yeah. Hall, man, has been so good for that Iowa State team and has really carried that offense over the past couple of years, particularly two seasons ago. And he was, uh, you know, very similar to Walker, a super high impact performer at the combine with the numbers that he put up. So let's hear your thoughts on 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 Brees Hall. 
Yeah, man. I mean, and also I have to shout out the Iowa State defense right under uh, Coach Heacock. Mm. They've, they've been really good over the last couple of years as well, which is why they've won a lot of football games. But Brees Hall has been obviously the guy on offense. He's been the three-year starter, um, came in as a freshman, had a pretty nice season. In the last two years, he's been one of the best runners in college football just overall. So 5'11 and some change, 217 pounds. Obviously, he's densely built. He's got that nice frame. Came out of actually, I played out of high school out of Kansas, so that's pretty cool that we have a Kansas kid because that doesn't happen too that's often. So random, right? and you is doing really drills random. in the cornfields or something. <laughs> <laughs> Must be, man. Must be. But obviously, he ends up at Iowa State. I think he was like a four star recruit, too. So he was a mm-hmm. decent recruit coming out of Kansas, but had a dynamite career. I think that you saw the athletic ability there again. I thought he was more four four something athlete, like I would have said, like four four six, four four three, somewhere in that ballpark. But he runs four three nine, has a 40 inch verts. Near 11 in the broad. It's like that explosiveness is on tape. And I think that he is the most underrated back in the class when you take into account. Some people don't think he is the burstiest runner of all time, but I think it's more the fact that he's just so patient. He has such great vision and he just lets things set set up so well. And he just works from the second, uh, from the first to second level so well with his eyes and just kind of sorts the chaos. So there you have it, folks. Ryan's top five running backs for this class. We've got more positional rankings that are going to be coming up next. But be sure to comment your thoughts below on what you think or how you think Ryan did uh, for this running back rankings. Hit subscribe at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, at NFL Prospects Pod. Talk to you later, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.